Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Thank you for listening to Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. This is the Grit and Barrett Podcast. A podcast devoted to the 11-time Carter Cup champion, the Hershey Bears. We talk Hershey Bears, the American Hockey League, and all the hockey news that matters to me. This is high energy, unfiltered, and at times unfocused hockey talk from a hack. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Grit and Barrett podcast everyone yes it's still summer yes it's after the fourth of july and we are here to talk about well what any hockey podcast worth its salt talks about this time of year it's draft picks everyone welcome to the show everyone this is of course part of the belly up sports podcast network all of you watching the live stream right now i thank you very much all one of you and any of you listening to the audio version of this, which will drop either Monday or Tuesday, we thank you for your times, listens, and downloads as well. But joining me, of course, is uh, represent representing Field Pass Hockey. I will get the name right one of these days. He, of course, has his own website as well. Bears Hockey Nation as well. My winger to my center Corey Schwartz. Corey, thank you for joining me, brother, and welcome to the show. Yeah, it's nice to be here, Richard. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, because I figured we had the uh, the draft last week, and, um, you know, outside of me being on the uh, Belly Up Draft Day React Extravaganza and all that, I figured someone else who knows uh, the draft and the prospect system a little bit more than I do uh, – would be thyself. So thank you very much for coming on. As always, brother, I pre I appreciate it. I really do. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm I appreciate it. it's probably this week is probably going to be the busiest news week of the summer, and then we're going to be in straight up almost nothing for uh until probably close to training camp. So just enjoying the chaos and the the busyness while we have it here. That's for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, like I tell people who listen to this, um, it is, um, we're going to have some stuff now. It's like a buffet. They're putting out some nice, nice summer stuff, some nice ribs, some, um, boneless chicken wings as well, but eventually they're going to start taking stuff out and the buffet is going to shut down. Once we get to August, it will be the proverbial low tide because we will have nothing, nothing out there, but let's not talk about that as of right now let's not worry about that so let's talk about the uh the draft that happened last friday as you thursday and friday i should say as you were looking uh live at bel centre out there in uh 
in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I'd say a decent Canada, especially Montreal. It seemed like a really good crowd out there in Montreal who are really, really starving and wanting a good, good hockey content to come their way. And uh, boy, did they show up in force there in uh, Eastern Canada. Yeah, I mean, the top billing, you know, it speaks for itself. Canadians are hosting the draft, had the first overall pick in the draft. I mean, I think that was going to blank on the year. I think it was in the 80s the last time that that sort of thing uh, coincidentally ever seemed to happen. And, you know, it's just a rarity. And, I mean, you don't have to get, I don't think, too much for Montreal fans to show up to their arena for the draft, no matter where they're picking in it, to be honest with you. So, um you know, they certainly lived up to it. I know I was seeing tons of people seeming like on the timeline on my Twitter feed that were up at the draft um, representing from all over the place here. So uh, a lot of good representation up there. And it was a it was a pretty fun and interesting experience to see how ESPN would handle it the first day and then how speedily rounds two through seven went the second day for sure. Yeah, I guess I'm so used to seeing the NFL draft. You know, we get the first round, first night, rounds two and three on Friday, and then everything else on Saturday goes uh, rapid-fire selection. Um, I wasn't used to, all right, it's Friday, it's it's draft, bam, 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 here we go. We're putting out all the picks, and I'm like, guys, it's only 10 a.m., and you got round two done. I understand yeah, and flow, but Jesus. That took only a grand total of, like, 30 40 minutes for the whole second round and i was you know they were firing off draft picks and i was struggling to keep up there for a little while it was it was at a blazing speed and you know of course as we're going to get into the the um the flow of things for washington especially um it was not a downtime for the draft that's for sure there's a lot going on and it was it was hard to keep up with all of it frankly it uh it was um especially with the um um, one other resident, um, um, other podcaster here who is a card carrying, she is a card carrying Blackhawks fan. And just to watch what happened with her Thursday afternoon into Thursday night, um, I laughed at it. Um, I, I was laughing with to avoid from crying. Hello, Beth. I know if you're watching this. It was very interesting to see what the Blackhawks did, but we're going to set that aside at the moment. And since this is Hershey Bears focused, we got to talk about it, Corey. I hate doing it, but we got to talk about it. Vitek Vanacek was traded to the New Jersey Devils. Light a candle, say a prayer. Our boy was shipped off to New Jersey for the 37th pick that day was traded for the devil's pick and the 46th pick originally from the Winnipeg jets in the Brendan Dillon trade last summer, they moved up nine spots and we'll get to who they picked in a little bit, but um, yeah, that, that kind of answers the direction the capitals were going to go with because once I got past the initial shock of the deal itself, if you take off the Bears' glasses and you take a step back from this, you kind of knew this was going to happen. If you're going to choose between a guy who's been in the organization for six or seven years or a guy who has, who is your first-round pick, you've already put a lot of, pardon the pun, draft capita into, 
he's a guy who wants to get in on that Russian core and seems to already be in that Russian core a bit. For those who don't know, that's Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, and Orloff. Sammy already did that. Sam Solonov's pretty much in. And the Capitals, as I as I showed, the tribe has spoken. Yes, I've been watching Survivor highlights on YouTube. And yeah, Sammy's going to New Jersey, unfortunately. Yeah, like you said, you know, it's it's hard to watch from a Bears perspective. Because, I mean, we were obviously we had VTech for a few more seasons than Samsonov, obviously just the one. But, you know, and as soon as you started to hear that talk and just the way that it was progressing towards this day and this trade, you know, you had to feel that one of the guys was going to be gone. And it was it was sad because, you know, we don't really you don't want to see either of them go. But the way Washington is, they they want to win while Ovechkin is still playing and the core is still playing. And, you know, obviously they're going to have to learn to live with some changes next season, as we kind of learned before the draft. But, um, you know, it very much seemed like all the way to the very end of things that it could have been either Sam Sonov or Vanacek. And, um, you know, Vanacek's trade with um, with the Devils happened to be the one that went through. And if you want to take a you know glass half full approach to it, although it stinks, you know, Washington was able to turn around into an extra pick. Uh, they drafted, you know, another guy in the, the third round where you can get a good spot and move up a little bit as well in the second. And, um, you know, that just puts more prospects in the pipeline and, you know, gives Bears fans... Although it's a futures type of thing, that gives them a little bit more to look forward to uh, here in a couple of years once those kids hit 20 and become AHL eligible for sure. Yeah, and we'll, you know, I, one of these kids on the list on who we drafted might have real potential to be in Hershey this year. Um, but Vitek's always a fan favorite. Bears fans really cling on to their goaltenders. You know, him, Nuvi, Grubauer, um, Brandon Holpe to an extent and Freddie Kasivi. I'm sure Bears fans are probably writing down a lot of other names that I'm not mentioning in terms of goaltenders. So yeah, it, it really hits hard to see him go, but since he'll go to New Jersey, you know, he'll definitely get a look for that one B position in New Jersey, considering they're really going to need a guy. I don't think both their men in Utica are ready just yet for that one B spot. And Vitek's going to be hitting the prime of his career. So, you know, the Devils, if this really pans out, could in a way find their one of the guys in their tandem, considering goalie tandems are the new thing in the NHL right now. Yeah, and Vanacek, I mean, you know, uh, it has always been a solid goaltender, I think. You know, he's you know, obviously last year was last year and, you know, there was some inconsistencies and some struggles and things, but, you know, I really think that Vanacek is the kind of guy where if he has a good support structure around him, he can steal your games. I mean, he had some fantastic numbers when he first came into the league. Um, obviously sustainability was the big question. And, you know, unfortunately neither guy could, you know, grab the reins, so to speak, when it came time, you know, for somebody to, you know, really take it. And that was kind of the question, uh, for a couple of seasons since Brayden Holpe departed, really, was, you know, it was, like you said, it's become more of a tandem rather than, uh, you know, a true starter and backup kind of role here. And it's unfortunate, you know, I, has it been perfect? No, but, you know, I think that 
them bringing in a veteran guy was is the answer. I think that's what they want to have happen. And, you know, like we were saying earlier, it could have been either of them. And, you know, they happened to settle on on VTech, unfortunately, as that deal materialized. Yeah, and the Bears already, you know, we've got a couple guys that are good to go. And, um, you know, Fukali will definitely be a factor in Hershey next season. Um, we could see Hunter Shepard between the pipes being this, the number two guy in Hershey. Um, this begs the question, though, what about Copley? What about Phoenix? Because I sort of said this last year or maybe, you know, before COVID and everything. Now he feels like the odd man out, and he's 31 um, as um, um, the the Calder Farmstead said great in their preview last year. He's really hitting the other end of the curve in terms of his career. You know, the Capitals have already shown they're really – I don't think they're going to stick with him long term. Does Phoenix venture out or just stick it out in Hershey for another year? The biggest issue for me is how many guys the Capitals have under contract at this point. And that's, that's to me, that's where the writing is kind of on the wall here in a sense, because I mean, they, they signed Clay Stevenson, the college, you know, recent college graduate to a contract. He seems like he's primed to make that jump. Gavin Bjorklund's the other guy they extended a contract to uh, before the season was out. Um, I believe both of them joined the bears before the season was over, even though they were, you know, essentially, yeah very much black aces type of thing. Um, but, you know, those two seem primed up for to be the guys in South Carolina, unless I'm, I'm mistaken on something there, of course. Um, Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. And, you know, I, I feel like with Hunter Shepard, he's on the second year of an NHL deal. Uh, he's shown great potential when he's been up in Hershey. Um, you know, we've had some brief stints with him but um, last season. But, you know, of course, that season was mostly the Copley and Fucale show. And is it going to be a case where, you know, they're going to let him hang around and then say, OK, we're going to kick this can down without giving him an AHL shot? The answer I don't think is going to be yes to that question. I think they're going to want to see what he can do as a true 1B starter in the AHL, you know, with Fucale. And was it by design that way? Maybe, maybe not. But um, like you said, you get a strong sense of an odd man out kind of situation just based on those things. I would be loved to be wrong. I mean, you look at the stats from, you know, since Fucale got here, he and Copley have been the AHL's one of their top tandems, you know, of true one a and one B kind of guy throughout their two seasons together. So, you know, it's, it's a great duo and, you know, obviously Copley was the guy for the playoffs and, you know, I think had an admirable postseason with a, you know, obviously ill-fated team that, you know, couldn't quite get out of that best of three series. Couldn't quite get to that uh, top billing in the Atlantic that they were at one point in the past. So, you know, he worked with what he got and, you know, it's been unfortunate. It's been like a lot of the guys, you know, a lot of the true core that we've seen go through. I've been saying the last couple of days, 
really a snake bitten feeling where, you know, they had one really good season. There's no Calder Cup on the table. Next year, the Calder Cup's on the table and they get decimated with injuries and, you know, lose their true edge that they had in years past. So to sum it all up, it feels like the writing's on the wall, but it's a really hard pill to swallow. And I'd love to be wrong about it, truthfully. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, it, it's something we got that that you and me, we know with the American Hockey League. And I think some that some Bears fans don't at times. It's an ever-changing roster. You want roster stability? Look at the NHL. There's not, well, most of the teams anyway. Um, there's always going to be changeover with us. And especially, you know, with, with goalies sometimes, you know, they got to go where their playing opportunity is and also where the money is too. Um, you know, and, you know, I, I will not be surprised if Phoenix just, just moves on. And, you know, if there's a better opportunity somewhere else, bless them, bless them, head on out there and, you know, try the market. And uh, for all of you that are watching, you know, make sure hit that like button or that heart button, whether you're watching on Twitter or on the fan club page as well. If you're on Facebook, give us a like as well. And be sure to check out the Belly Up Podcast Network as well. They cover each and every sport now. And football will be starting up eventually with Lord Football returning to us. We have a good amount of hockey content on there as well. Um, also, a podcast devoted to women's hockey as well and women in sports as well. They do great. Beth does a great job over there. Go check them out. There's my there's my um, shilling um, for this show. So we'll get back into this. A little bit more of um, some news that came out on Friday as the Toronto Maple Leafs announced that they hired Matt Molson as a pro scout, all but meaning his career is over. He's done. And, um, you know, me and my boys, we had that back in, back in January. Um, the Bears do not make an announcement that somebody's having season-ending surgery with a big infograph as well. That's not how they do business. His body language and in interviews showed that I think he was done. I very much think that 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 he was done. And um, you know, he took a pro job, pro scout job up there in in Toronto. Back surgery in your late 30s. Yeah, I think the writing was silently on the wall with this, but I was not surprised that Matt Molson said that he was done. Yeah, and you got a, a sense from some of those season-ending interviews that we had there. I mean, when Scott Allen mentioned at one point towards the end, I don't know if he meant to or not on this one, but you know, he mentioned dealing with the, you know, they asked him about the, the variety of injuries and all the stuff he had to deal with, and he's talked about injuries then he said a career-ending injury and i was kind of thinking to myself I'm like i don't think that anybody else really fits that billing other than molson and although mm -hmm. you know matt to his credit left you know left the door open for it you could just kind of feel that you were kind of in the end of an era of watching that interview type of thing and it it, it stinks i go back to the snake bitten feeling um and i've been kind of talking about that you know the last couple of months with some of these news things, you really just feel bad. I feel terrible for him. He, you know, comes in and plays for Hershey for, you know, what's been a, a good couple of years now, three years. 
and never even really got a chance to compete for a Calder Cup in a Bears jersey. And it, it stinks. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, some of it we could, you know, none of it really was in his control or the team's control or in anybody's control, uh, just the way this past season went and, you know, the way everything went. So just it, it's a lousy feeling. I, I wish him all the best. I think, you know, being a scout up in Toronto and if uh, the word's correct there, they also have uh, Bears legend Chris Bork on the scouting list there as well, which yeah. is a cool cool extra bit there so yep. you know i wish invest in retirement but it just burns me up inside that you know this group this core the way that it's built uh just didn't get that chance to really make a long calder cup push like i was you know we all dreamt that they would honestly uh molson seems like a real genuine nice guy i got to meet him once at a player signing night a couple of years ago great guy um and um Locker room guy, you hear that all the time, but he definitely had those qualities to him. And um, may he join, may he join the greats of of nice guys in the in the NHL who never got to hoist the Stanley Cup as a player. May he find that success in an office role, hopefully. So, um, so let's actually move on to the draft, which. Boy, that was a lot of fun to uh, watch in person. The number one overall pick. You know, we all we all assumed it. All the draft board pundits, all the analysts had Shane Wright. He's going to be a new hab. They had the right, right stuff. Montreal Canadian shirts. They're all lined up and ready to go. And we were all watching on the broadcast. The Canadians select. Not Shane Wright. They go with a um, I think he was a Swedish-born kid they went with. Uh, number one, to the shock of a lot of people, that Shane Wright did not go number one. Um, he ends up falling to fourth with the Seattle Kraken and gives a beautiful death glare out into the crowd when he did it. Uh, the best argument that I heard for Shane Wright not going number one and why the Canadians didn't take him was that the Canadians are pretty well stocked up on centers and there was no need for another true center in the league. And this was a fairly weak draft. He like as good as he was, he, he wasn't like a real generational talent. So, um, you know, your thoughts on Wright not going number one. I was surprised Number one, they didn't go first overall just because I was hearing the same thing as you were, that it was almost a, a foregone conclusion that he would go as a top pick. But for him to slip to fourth was really shocking to me. I was kind of thinking that, you know, whoever was, you know, everybody was picking after him would say, oh, yeah, well, they're, hey, they're not taking him. We'll take him type of thing. So when it came all the way down to fourth, I was sort of sitting there. I'm like, Flyers are at number five. Could he slip to Philadelphia? But of course, you know, it, it wasn't meant to be, of course, but, you know, Flyers still got their guy in a sense. And, uh, but it was interesting. I, I was shocked. And, you know, I, I felt that him giving that death glare was a little earned as I saw the same pictures of him with that merchandise already whipped up and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it was a shocker. It was definitely some drama there in the first couple of rounds for sure. Oh, definitely. Um, um, friend of the podcast, uh, Don at Locked On Caps, um, Gave a nice little Twitter of um, somebody called DoorDash and give this guy some humble pie after he gave a bit of um, a bit of a profanity laced uh, response as to why the the Canadians didn't 
didn't draft him. And that's Don's opinion. That that that's that that's him. Mine was no feed that fire. I love it when guys do that. The profanity was a bit much, but yeah, do that. That that's gonna drive the kid for years. And in terms of Seattle getting Shane Wright, that's marketable right there. I, I view it as a marketing perspective that we had a number one fall into our lap. We take them. We're going to shelve him for a few years, and this kid's going to be a centerpiece we build around. So Seattle may have gotten their uh, future star that they can put on press releases and press guides. Oh, 100%. That's that's the big thing is that, you know, obviously Montreal and Seattle don't play each other all that much, but when they do and Shane Wright's in the lineup and another team, you know, in a Seattle jersey in Montreal, he's going to, like you said, it's going to make all those matchups from here on out insanely interesting. And uh, just the way that it went, I'm with you. I, th- I don't mind the theatrics as much. I-, I do agree it was a little bit much, you know, maybe just kind of a-, a snide comment, maybe move on type of thing. It is the draft, you know, let it go a little bit further and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, there's something to be said about professionalism in that respect there, too. Um, but, you know, these are hockey players, you know, I they're prideful and it's understandable that he'd be feeling some kind of way about it and it would show honestly yeah and yeah i'm I, i'm a sucker for theatrics and show and all that so i don't mind that he did it you know again like you know maybe been a little bit more professional about it i'll i'll give some ground on that um but um you being our resident flyers fa- fan drafting Drafting the player that has the most Flyers first name that I've ever heard called Cutter. Cutter Gautier, fifth pick, you know, taken by the uh, the Flyers. Um, real quickly, your thoughts as a Flyers fan? I like the pick well enough. Um, you know, for the Flyers, it's more about rolling those picks over into something meaningful for the franchise. Uh, that's just kind of been their flaw at this point, is that, you know, everything that they they've built up it either hasn't materialized to the degree that they want it to, or, you know, the exact way that, you know, most successful teams are able to roll those picks over. So whatever is going on there, I've really run out of words to be able to say what I think it is at this point. They, they got to do something with it at this point. Yeah. They've, they've had so many quality picks over the years and, you know, not every pick, you know, outside the top two or three are going to, you know, materialize next season into an NHL. Or let's be honest about that, I guess. Um, so, you know, it's understandable, but it has to find a way to impact them. And, you know, I hate to say it after this draft, especially, I think that Chuck Fletcher's seat should be pretty hot. Um, you know, obviously he's trying to turn this team around from one of the more dismal seasons I think I've ever seen in as a Flyers fan. And, you know, um, his chair has got to be hot. I mean, I know they gave him a blank check this summer and, you know, I've, I've read all the articles and stuff like that, but at some point he's going to fall out of favor and you know, it's, it's only a matter of time. I think at this point, depending on how this season goes, especially. Yeah. I've, I've, I, I follow a few uh, flyers writers and some phantoms uh, coverage as well. And that seems to be the general consensus that uh, Chuck Fletcher needs to be looking over his shoulder during, during this season. But um, you got Tortorella. That's a good thing. 
Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Lucky Land Slots. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll move on from, uh, from that and we'll dive into who the Capitals uh, got this year. But as again, thank you for tuning in to this live stream of the Grit and Barrett podcast. The audio version of this should be dropping tomorrow or Tuesday. Um, someone said on Facebook, Wright is out for Montreal Canadian blood. Not wrong. Not wrong whenever that day can and will come. Thank you and keep those comments and likes coming. So the Capitals had the 20th pick in the NHL draft this year. No movement or anything. They actually kept it, thank goodness. And they drafted a Russian, not surprising, by the name of Ivan Miroshenchenko. I apologize. I horribly butchered that name. Even the great Joe Beninati had a tough time pronouncing that name. Um, seems to be a big Russian winger. Um, still playing there in Russia, but um, a big boy on the wing, which appears to be a thing in the NHL as of right now. So um, Capitals take Ivan at number 20. Yeah, I think I saw, if there was any clip that really clued me into why the Capitals were interested in him, there was a clip of him scoring on a power play from the top of the left circle, basically almost verbatim, looked like Alexander Ovechkin on the goal. So I was sitting there, I saw him like, well, that, you know, that should put him on the Capitals radar. But, you know, the comment that stood out to me about him right away was that he was a steal at his position in the draft, that he was originally projected to go a bit higher, but um, was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma early on in this, you know, this calendar year, which set Jeez. him back a good ways on the draft is what it sounded like. Jeez. So, um you know, he had a, a good amount of accolades, uh, captaining the gold medal winning Holinka Gretzky Cup team, uh, 16 points in 31 games. Um, you know, a number of good looking aspects about him that, you know, were fortunately overshadowed. But, you know, it was deemed a sneaky good pick by the Capitals. And, you know, that seems to be kind of a running theme here that the Capitals were able to maximize some of their picks in the early couple rounds here for sure. Yeah, um, uh, people seem to like him. He he is still young, though, so don't expect him to come over to the U.S. anytime soon. Um, I think, like, only 18 years old. Um, but I, I don't have much on him. You know, from what, from what I read, you've got a lot more on this than, than me. So um, I guess we'll see him in Hershey in a few years. Hopefully he doesn't get traded or, or, uh, or anything. 
So the Capitals did you know, did their trade, moved up nine spots, and selected defenseman Ryan Chasley, uh, who has committed to the University of Minnesota this season, um, played with the uh, U.S. national top uh, development team. They actually had a really good first couple rounds. A good amount of their players were getting selected. Um, Brian, he is a six foot 201, had 29 points in 12, 29 points in 59 games with the U.S. hockey under 18 team. He led the defense in goals and third points among defensemen. From what I read, the prospects report on him, um, he likes to create space, is a has good breakout passing, seems to make uh smart hockey decisions, bit of a defenseman defenseman right now but in terms of someone who in terms of making that breakout or first pass as coaches like to call he seems to be pretty darn good in it and knows how to create space in the defensive zone to get their to get the wingers out into space a bit more into the transition game so um i may have said a lot of jargon but what i said was very good in terms of of a defenseman yeah, it's what you like to see out of a uh, out of defenseman. You know, at this program, obviously, he has a lot to, you know, to grow upon. He's also eighteen years old, as I understand it. Um, but you know, he's he had a pretty good outing from uh, a defensive standpoint. One number that I know that it bothers some people, but it's a number I like to look at when judging defenseman right off the bat was when he played with the U.S. U18 national team. He finished with, I believe, twenty nine points. But more importantly, for a defenseman, a plus 44 mark, which, you know, plus minus is fickle. It's not always a great stat. But for a defenseman, it kind of tells you if it's going on, what's going on when you're on the ice there. And so I love that mark for him at this point. Obviously, it's, you know, it's more about rolling that over into, uh, you know, into the future. And, you know, when you step up to higher levels of play if you can continue that sort of great play and, you know, keep those numbers going, but I like it where it's going from there. I think it was a sneaky good pick from, and I know there are some people that wanted them to pick other players at that position, but um, I think it was a good pick um, at that position and well worth moving up for in the draft for, for sure. Yeah. I'm not completely uh, against it. Um, Defenseman and Hershey seem to go hand in hand together in terms of whom, gets picked and Bears fans, if a defenseman does well, they'll really latch on to him. And it seems like the kid's got a proverbial good head on his shoulders um, for him. So good on him. Um, Good luck. Good luck to him. And maybe we'll see him, you know, in Hershey within the next year or two. Again, he's only 18. He's going to get a Capitals invite, but that will pretty much be it. I kind of lost my space on my phone as to who got drafted next. So if you could bring up who the Capitals also took in the second round, if you got that there, brother, who they took. Oh, next. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the Caps traded up to have two picks in the third round. Um, and so they picked with a 70th overall pick. It was Alexander Suzdalev. Yes, um, him, him. So he's an interesting – both of these guys are pretty interesting, in my opinion, because they have – you know, it's that third round. You know, we, the Capitals have gotten some pretty, pretty good value out of their third-round picks – over the years, you know, one of the most recent ones being Alexei Protus. Um, yes, but um, Suzdalev is very interesting to me. He's a he's a big guy, six foot two, one hundred seventy two pounds. 
uh, just based on what I was able to find online on that side of things. Uh, but as you know, Swedish has played with, you know, a few of the, I believe it's HV 71's uh, J 20 national team. That's a mouthful. Had, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he had 51 points in 45 games and uh, as well as four points in five postseason games. And, um, you know, the big clip that was shared on social media about him was him doing a lacrosse style goal from uh, from behind the net to the side of the net there. And, uh, you know, whipping one right over the goaltender's shoulder there, which is impressive to already have on your resume, I think, at this point. So um, I think it's interesting, you know, a couple of good forwards, uh, you know, Caps love their Russians and their Swedes for sure. Mm -hmm. Um so I think it's going to be a good and interesting pick to watch. I mean, of course, you know, until we get a little later on in this draft, all these kids are 18. And so, you know, you'll essentially get to watch them um, this coming Friday when they have the last scrimmage of Capitals development camp there. That's going to be live streamed. Um, it's going to be one of the guys I keep an eye out for, for sure. But, um, you know, obviously they're all guys that they haven't had age eligibility yet. And so that's going to be the big question mark when, when they get up is how they hone their game until that time comes. Agreed. And, um, you know, like you said, another um, international player that, that they took, um, he did compete for team Sweden and actually got the gold at this past under 18 uh, world championships, only appearing in six games with them. Um, so again, this is another way futures pick, not necessarily one we are going to see really anytime soon. So we head on. The Caps used their 85th pick, and they took uh, Ludwig Pearson. Ludwig Pearson, left winger, recorded 61 points in uh, four, 41 games. He is out of the SHL, the Swedish uh, Hockey League as well, from uh, Gothenburg, Sweden. This is from um, Stars and Sticks on Fansided, where I'm getting my stuff from. Um, also recorded a goal in three games with Sweden's under 20 team as well. Another international product as well. Uh, just one draft and just store away. Yeah, I think that, you know, he and, you know, these two picks kind of go hand in hand in a lot of ways. Uh, very similar guys, very, very similar stats. Um, you know, I think that the only thing that I really read on Pearson and you, it's kind of, uh, evident from his highlight reel at least is that you know he's one of those guys he's really fast really smooth has really good hands and has you know a good nose for the net and the good ability to score goals so I, I do like that he's got I think when he played for his respective J20 team you know 61 points and 41 games played so I mean that's a pretty good mark but again like we've seen with some of these kids that have come over from there in the past it's more just translating that game from the you know international style you know the different styles that each of these countries uh tend to play and really transitioning over to the ahl which is notoriously difficult truly yeah but it's it's certainly one of those ones where you know it reminds you a little bit of axel jonson fialbi on some of his highlights you know cutting in with a lot of speed and you know making a good play to put the puck in the back of the net so uh never a bad thing to have a lot of wingers especially as the you know proverbial cupboard here uh, for the organization sort of running out a little bit here. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, 
We and we'll get into that at, at a later show. Um, moving along, pick 149 for the Capitals. They took their first center in Jake Carbella um, with the Gulf Storm in the Ontario Hockey League, uh, ranked third on team with assists, fourth in points, and tied for third in plus minus. Take that as you will. Um, another young prospect to be brought in, um, another junior's prospect um, as well. Nice to see the Caps actually taking a center. And um, if you don't mind, I'm going to skip over this one because he is a bit of a younger one because the next pick is the one I'm more interested in. At 181 is Ryan, Hoff- Ryan Hoffer with the Everett Silvertips this past year. He was second in penalty minutes and tied for first in the team in playoffs scoring with 10 points in six games and 89 career WHL games. Hoffer is 67 points and 31 goals and 36 assists. Hoffer is 20. He would be eligible for the Bears, and this could be the one pick this year we might actually see in Hershey this season. Yeah, it's a little rare. It's along the lines of uh, of Brett Leeson a couple of drafts ago when they took him, and it was an immediate, hey, this guy's going to play for the Bears Mm -hmm. next year type of thing. Obviously, Leeson was a little bit higher in the draft than uh, Hofer is, but you like what you, I've liked what I've seen out of him in terms of highlights. I mean, there was a good clip of him bodying a couple of a uh, couple of opposing players with his big size, and you know, also having the smarts to be able to skate away at times and just let the penalty be drawn um, in that respect as well. So I did really like that from him. Um, that you know, he seems to have that edge that I think a, bear, a lot of Bears fans will really like. Um, the only thing that I'm kind of concerned about is just seeing that, you know, um, is just that there's there's that side of it to his game where I, I think adapting it to the AHL is going to be a challenge. I mean, he's, you know, when you have your run of things in, you know, junior leagues for a little while, it's always a challenge to translate that to the AHL level. So I, I think it'll be there'll be some work involved there. But um, like you said, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how fast the Capitals get him under contract and, you know, have him considered one of our guys for next season, for sure. And my other question is if he's related to Joel Hofer, uh, considering they sort of have the uh, a similar, you know, the same names type of thing. Yeah, it, it's one thing to come out of the juniors and come into the American hockey league as well. Sorry for the sudden hiccup there, uh, everyone. Um, you know, but he's also a big body and big wingers or something we're seeing a lot of in the NHL right now that wingers no longer have to be the scrawny five, seven, uh, seventy type. They're faster. You know, you want them to be big and fast as well. And it seems like Hoffer might be one of those guys that we, that we see, you know, could be this like next wave of big wingers coming into the league. Yeah. That's the interesting thing is that, you know, that, and that's what Washington, you know, you can see with their draft history with Protus and Leeson too, for sure. Two guys that have excellent size, but good mobility, good shots. You know, it's really, like you said, I think taking becoming the overall complete package these days of being able to play all of those roles that, are what teams are really after outside of their top picks, really. So I, I like this pick. I'm just curious to see if he's gonna going to be a guy that's immediately tagged for Hershey or if they're going to want him to 
you know, stick it out in the NCAA ranks a little bit. I know those ones are always a little unusual with how fast they come into the into the AHL level here too, for sure. Some of them can get picked and hang out for a couple of years or, you know, return to their college teams or what have you type of thing. So I'm just kind of curious to see what the plan is going to be there. But it's another guy to keep an eye on when development camp uh, really gets kicked off this week. Yep. And um, what Corey is referencing is that all this week um, at the time of this recording is uh, Capitals developmental camp is happening. You know, a lot of introduction, a lot of newbies and sophomores coming in. And they'll have, you know, there'll be some media availability this week, some fun little press conferences, and then the big uh, scrimmage will take place um, at the uh, the practice rink there on Friday that will be live streamed. Check your favorite Capitals Twitter account for details. And with the last pick the Capitals had at 213 was David Gutierrez. I probably said that wrong. Um a uh, product of Michigan State, freshman season out there, appeared in 36 games. The Toronto native uh, led Spartan freshman in goals and ranked fifth on the team with blocked shots. Um, woo, another college kid in the system. Yeah, I mean, I think he, I think it's certainly an interesting pick. I mean, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is how he develops here because I still, you know, I'm, Usually I like to pick on my plus minus here. He was a minus 15, which, you know, obviously is a little bit dependent on how good of a team, you know, overall you're playing on type of thing. Uh, given that he's still relatively new to the NCAA ranks, there's still a lot of potential there, I think, for sure. Uh, he is 20 years of age as well, but I would see him more as a player that, you know, as we just talked about a little bit ago, might spend a couple more years in college before turning pro necessarily. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's interesting. And I think for the Capitals, it's a bit of an interesting scenario. They've had a lot of their depth picks in drafts, draft years of recent times where they might not sign a couple of guys. You know, some guys might, you know, get drafted and get signed. You know, sometimes they don't even end up with the, in the organization there too. It's, it's a little bit of an interesting situation when you get this late in the draft. And so I think that picking a guy like this, that has a lot of time to develop here, a lot of time to prove them right about him and earn a contract, I think is going to be very interesting to watch uh, as we go forward. And we're keeping an eye out for sure. Yeah. Um, the prospect scouting report on him is that, you know, when he gets on the ice, he quote demands the puck, passes it and then joins the rush to get it back. Take that for what it's, what it's worth. Um, you know, just, it just, you know, like you said, it's too early to really get a good scouting on, on him, a left-handed shot defenseman for, uh, for him and just another prospect pro project for the Capitals. And one, we, you know, who knows, we might see you soon. He might get a look at Capitals training camp and the bears might give him a look as, as well. So um, that sort of does it for all the Capitals picks. No goalies taken, but there's no real need to. The pipeline's pretty stacked up. But um, a good, healthy blend of, um, of forwards and defensemen, the Capitals took. A bit of an international flair to them, but um, I'd say a pretty decent draft for them. They got what they needed. Yeah, I thought there was some good variety to it as well. I mean, you know, they... They picked up the high-end scoring talent, some guys that are, you know, supplemental, possibly more 
setup kind of guys in the third round there. Um, strong defenseman uh, pick, depending on how the season goes, you know, that could be at a premium at some point. Um, if Alexiev and Johansson are truly indeed going to clear the AHL ranks to the NHL, as you know, many are forecasting at this point. Uh, but yeah, got a little bit of everything. And I, I like the variety. And I also like the fact that they drafted a lot of guys as well. I mean, it's, we've seen in the, uh, a lot of times that the Capitals would be more willing to deal a pick rather than actually keep it and select outside of their first rounders type of thing. So in this draft, you get four players out of the first three rounds, which I think is big as well as some guys that, you know, I think could really turn a good, you know, a good potential player here later on in the draft here. I mean, Hofer, I think is, uh, as we were saying, the most interesting one in terms of immediate impact that they could have on the, on the bears, especially, but um, yeah, I like it. There's a lot of variety, a lot of good, a lot of good guys to keep an eye on lots of good futures uh, considerations for them for sure. Agreed. Agreed. And this is all ahead of the free agency hurricane that is going to hit the NHL on the 15th as well. Please, all free agency spotters, make sure you follow all regulations heading into it. I'll keep an eye out on it from afar. And um, and for some Bears fans that are listening to this, yes, the NHL um, free agency does affect the Bears because Bears do get moved. Hershey will then have permission to do more of their stuff. So um, Bears fans, make sure you keep an eye out Friday and Saturday because that's when um, you could see some deals come down. And speaking of which, we had one hit over the weekend as Lucas Johansson was re-signed for a two-year deal uh, with the Capitals as well. Nice, healthy two-year, I think, five-mil deal. And uh, good for him. I think he definitely earned it with his play last year and with the older defensive core there in DC, you need another younger guy to stick around. So good job on Lucas for getting, you know, getting this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like you said, he absolutely earned it. I mean, he was Hershey's best defenseman, I think. And I don't, I don't know that it was overly close last season, just in terms of his, you know, his plus minus was best on the team. His production was outstanding. Um, you know, just as overall, you know, everything that came together to make the Capitals draft him in the first round back in 2016, I think was really on display last season. And he stayed healthy by and large, which yeah. is huge for him and for a guy that's been plagued by injuries there. But it worries me a little bit. And it, I, it, I think it's a subject that's, you know, like you said, that's worth Bears fans paying attention to is what is Washington's plan? Because uh, pre-draft Brian McClellan, you know, spoke to Nicholas Backstrom having hip resurfacing surgery, something that nobody's really come back from. Um, yeah. Truly. I think there's been a couple yeah. of hiccups here and there, but regardless, but their intent is to keep his salary free so that when he comes back, you know, they'll be able to slot him back in the lineup and it'll be all okay. You know, they can afford it. Basically. They're not going to sign a big ticket free agent guy. Uh, Tom Wilson's already out to start the season. Uh, for a good amount of time. Alex Alexiev is out, um, you know, from a more Bears oriented perspective. I really have been saying this has been my soapbox last week was that the Capitals plans there have to be a little bit more Hershey oriented than um, than necessarily filling their own needs, because you could see they talked about giving Protus a shot. They talked about giving LaPierre a shot. Both of those guys are big deal centers for the Bears. 
So, you know, you kind of look at it from his perspective of, okay, rather than last season where Backstrom's injury and absence happened and, you know, we just kind of had to pick up the pieces, you have a chance to really get out in front of it this time. And if the Capitals are going to play experiment, we've seen them take guys and keep them and sit on them, even if they're not necessarily playing night in and night out. And so my big concern is, you know, you got this time here, address it with some guys and some signings that, you know, will really make sure the bears are well taken care of. And you look at it as, you know, investments for the Capitals to say, Hey, if neither Pro- Protus or LaPierre really work out, we can, you know, call up a guy like, Mike Vecchioni or Mike Scarbosa, and you have these other options down the pipeline there as well that you know can really help you know help the Bears stay competitive to help Washington stay competitive. So it's a you know the way the draft could flare up this year to me is more of a big brother helping little brother type of thing, and that's why I'm really really hoping that Washington's you know working with Hershey in terms of formulating their strategy for this free agency. Agreed. We just got to see how it all shakes out and um, could see a very interesting show uh, next next Sunday as well. But um, that was a good show. Good show, my man. You know, we got a lot of good content here in before we close and wrap this up. Um, you know, go ahead, promote whatever you're working on, brother. So um, the board is thine. Oh, I appreciate it. I mean, you can find me over on uh HBH Nation over on Twitter, CSwall Evans, my personal handle where I complain about anything and everything really usually. Um, over on Field Pass, uh, you can find any any of the stuff I have about the Bears. Um, now that the playoffs are over, we're kind of switching more back towards just Bears content over there. Um, talked about Three Ice that was in Hershey over the weekend here most recently. And, uh, you know, just excited to see what happens this week. We're going to be talking a lot about the uh, prospect scrimmage coming up on Friday. Um, it's going to be an interesting week, so we're we're ready for it, though, for sure. Oh yeah, yep. And uh, make sure you follow him; he'll be on top of all the the prospect stuff as we will going into the week as well. And thank you to everyone who has streamed and watched this live stream of the Grit and Barrett podcast. The audio version of this will be dropping within the next day or so as well. Part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. And just thank you to everyone for your times, listens, and downloads. Please make sure you leave a like or share all this. Um, unfortunately, when I got married and changing networks, our um, our listener and downloads have sort of dropped off a little bit and has sort of interrupted the, uh, the algorithm a little bit. So everyone, just go out there and uh, just leave a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify just to help us kind of get back into it over the summer. But we've still got good content coming up here on the Grit and Barrett podcast over the summer. We'll get your free agency news next week. We're hoping for a schedule drop near the end of the month, and we've got some good stuff lined up as we head into August, or as I dubbed it, the month without hockey yee, yee, yee. so everyone enjoy your summer and thank you as always for listening to this episode of the grit and barrett podcast and remember above all else go bears we'll catch you next time bet fred has come all the way from england to the great state of iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience fred is known in the uk for three things customer service bonuses and delivering the best overall experience to players need more download the bet fred sports app today and receive up to 250 dollars in free bets when signing up no emperors no movie stars just a sports book you can trust 
Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.